So, you've had enough of being tied down by your 9 to 5. You want the flexibility to decide how you spend your time each day and the opportunity to build something meaningful. You're ready to take the leap and start your own business. But how do you decide on the quote-unquote perfect business for you to start? That's exactly what I'm going to be diving into today because honestly, this is the exact problem I've been solving for these past couple of months and I'm starting to make some progress. So I'm excited to share what's been working for me, as well as giving you some strategies from serial entrepreneurs like Alex Amosi, whose businesses are generating more than $200 million per year, Patrick Beck-David with a net worth of around $450 million, and Wall Street Journal bestselling author Walker Diebel, who wrote the holy grail of small business M&A, Buy Them Build, and has advised on a casual $300 million plus worth of business deals. If you're someone who knows that they want to start a business, but they're not quite sure exactly which route to take, because let's face it, there's a million and different ones work well for different people, you're in the right place because today we're going deep into finding the right business for you and giving you some solid strategies and tools to actually uncover this for yourself and come to your own conclusion. So let's jump into it. Tell someone you want to start a business and the cliche advice goes something like this. All right, find your passion, turn it into a business and never work another day again in your life. To be honest, I call bullshit. Four years ago, I had a chance encounter on a regenerative farm that changed my life. If you're sitting there wondering what the hell's a regenerative farm, you can think about it like an organic farm on steroids. It's basically a farm that tries to mimic nature using plants and animals to create the healthiest produce on the face of the planet, all while making positive environmental impact. If you listen to Rogan, you may have seen the episode with White Egg Pastures, Will and Jenny Harris. Those guys run a regenerative farm and are legitimately leading a food revolution. And if you're serious about your health or the health of the planet, then it's worth checking out. And I'll link all that in the show notes. But back to 24-year-old Jake. I dove headfirst into a business that started selling regenerative agriculture produce. So fruits, vegetables, meats, and I was selling this all online direct to people in the city. I had no plan. There was no research. I just had this kind of I'll figure it out attitude. Five hours of YouTube learning how to set up an e-commerce WordPress site and a refrigerated van rental each week to pick up directly from the farms and do the drop-offs. But the trouble was a couple months in, I wasn't figuring it out. In fact, I was drowning. And much to my surprise, I started hating it. Well, what followed was a slow, painful death until I eventually cut ties and moved to France. But that's a story for another day. So let's dive into what went wrong. Coming out of this experience, there was two key lessons. And if you master these, you're on track to a business and a life you love, albeit with inevitable challenges. And the plus side is you can avoid the mistakes that I made. Look, before we dive in, I just want to make one point, And that is that I'm assuming that whatever business you're pursuing has financial opportunity. If you can't make money, you can't keep operating. So the following lesson assumes that you've done your research and there's financial upside. And look, if you're unsure how to find a good financial opportunity, keep it simple and start with Homozi's advice. Solve rich people's problems. They pay better. So now for the lessons. Lesson one, what you are passionate about does not equate to what you enjoy doing. I'm all in on regenerative agriculture, health, fitness, nutrition. They're all high up on my values list, so it's a natural fit. But I quickly learned the type of business you're in doesn't always correlate to the actions you're doing on a daily basis. And those types of actions are in fact the main drivers behind how you feel and ultimately how satisfied you are with your work. If you're passionate about sport, but your main job is data entry, it doesn't matter if you work for Real Madrid or the LA Lakers, the way you feel about your work and subsequent quality of your life, it's going to suck. The fact that you work in sports is irrelevant. In my case, e-commerce, online marketing, web development and stock management made up the bulk of my daily activities. And let me tell you, these were a million miles away from the thunderbolt of inspiration I had when I first stepped on that farm. A little word of warning, in business, a lot of things are going to suck. That's just a reality. I'm not promoting the illusion that some perfect type of company exists out there where it's only sunshine and rainbows for you. No, but 
I am saying that you should aim to tip the scales in your favor. And you do this by intentionally selecting the daily activities that you enjoy doing, not the domain or industry you're passionate about. The goal of finding the actions you like doing is not even to feel warm and fuzzy. It's actually much more mathematic than that. By finding the actions you like, it requires less energy to do a good job because you don't have to talk yourself into doing it each time. And look, as entrepreneurs, energy is everything. One of Hermosi's best quotes is, you get extraordinary outcomes by doing ordinary things for extraordinary periods of time. So how do you do something for an extraordinary period of time? You certainly don't choose the task you hate doing and have to expend massive amounts of energy just to convince yourself to do it each day. So lesson one, focus on the daily tasks you enjoy doing, not the specific domain you're passionate about. Lesson two, match the business growth opportunity to the skills you have and the experiences you've excelled in previously. This one here builds upon the previous lesson, but with one major difference. Where lesson one was about prioritizing the tasks you enjoy doing, lesson two is about identifying the tasks that you're good at. Now, the reason this is important is because as humans, we naturally like what we're good at and at a deeper level, what we're getting better at. As Tony Robbins says, progress equals happiness. And this is backed by a basic understanding of dopamine. Dopamine is just a neurotransmitter that's released by your brain in the anticipation of pleasure. Its job is to make you take action. Picture yourself as a caveman 20,000 years ago. Salivating over the thought of a nice juicy steak was the difference between staying in the cave and starving to death versus facing the dangers of the world and going out on a hunt. Fast forward to today and it feels inherently satisfying to do something well, whether that's cleaning the kitchen spotlessly or delivering a killer sales pitch to sign a huge client. When you've built a track record of success in a given area, you expect more future success. And as you expect more, your brain releases dopamine in anticipation of that job well done, making it more and more enjoyable for you to continue to take action in pursuit of that thing. Furthermore, business is cutthroat. There are sharks literally everywhere. Your competition wants to eat your lunch and every moment you rest, someone is out they're working harder than you. Patrick Bet David says, what determines if you win in any game or business isn't how good you are, it's how good you are relative to your competition. That's why it's so important to know your own strengths and weaknesses and find a market in which you have an inherent advantage, i.e. match the growth opportunity with your skills and experiences. So in order to succeed, you must reflect on what you're good at. But let's face it, your own mind has a tough job assessing yourself objectively. It's full of bias. I'm guilty of this. If you don't believe me, think back to every argument you've ever had with your partner and how your mind told you they were wrong each time and not you. Now, unless you're the reincarnation of Jesus Christ or Buddha, chances are you are wrong at least some of the time. So how do we actually identify what you're good at? In his seminal book, Buy Them Build, Walker Diebel advises to match your skill set to the growth opportunity of a business. And to find your skill set, he proposes what's called a personal career audit. And the process is really simple. Basically, you just pull out a piece of paper or open up a document, whatever you prefer. On one side of the page, you list all of your career accomplishments, challenges you overcame, exceptional results you delivered, etc. On the other side, you list all the behaviors that drove those results and all of the activities that you enjoyed doing, going back to our previous lesson, in order to achieve those accomplishments. Those success behaviors and those enjoyable actions, they're your strengths, they're your skills. And it's your job to leverage those in your next business. So when you're assessing what type of business that you're going to start and it's going to be the right fit for you, when you're matching the skill to the actual growth opportunity demanded from that business, you can get this nice fit, right? And that's going to keep you excelling. And the more that you excel, the more that feels good, the more confidence you get, and the more motivated you are to continue to take action. It's just this upward spiral, right? So when I did the exercise, very distinct patterns jumped off the page. And taking stock of my career accomplishments in banking and entrepreneurial pursuits, it was clear as day that my biggest strengths were managing client relationships and implementing 
implementing operational improvements. It's why I'm now stepping into a B2B facilities management business and not another online marketing driven e-commerce store. I'm simply better at those tasks, which makes them more enjoyable for me to do for longer periods of time and gives me an inherent advantage over my competition. You're starting to see how this kind of starts to work in your favor and you're not diving into those businesses, which maybe you love the area or the domain or the industry, but the realities of who you are as a person and what skills you have don't match up to the actual actions, tasks, and skill sets required in order to succeed in that business. So in summary, starting one of these quote unquote passion businesses, it sounds good, but as we've learned, it's a poor predictor of financial success, let alone fulfillment. Whilst business domain and industry are attractive from the outside, when you're in the trenches, the actual work you're doing looks very different. And I found this out the hard way. When deciding what business you want to pursue, it's far more effective and frankly, more enjoyable to consider the following two factors, what activities you like doing and what activities you're good at. One of the easiest and clearest ways to do this is to run Walker Deeple's personal career audit. This will help you get past your own personal biases and identify the behaviors, i.e. your strengths that led to your biggest wins. Double down on those strengths to tip the business odds in your favor. I forget the guy who said this, but when I heard it, it changed my perspective on passion and personal purpose, and all these kind of buzzwords we hear in the entrepreneurial and personal development communities. And I'm paraphrasing, but basically he said, don't search for your passion, show up passionate. Whatever business you decide to go into, bring the energy, be passionate, find the task that you enjoy doing, find the things that you're good at, and show up and bring the energy. That'll give you the right foundations to be able to overcome the inevitable hurdles that comes with starting and running a business. Like, let's face it, this is one of the hardest things in the world to do. But if you can tip the odds in your favor by implementing some of these tools and strategies that we talked about today, then you're setting yourself up nicely to be able to compete and win. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Guys, thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. I hope you got some nice tools you can start to implement and really to shape up your dream business and life. If you did, one small ask, if you could please just pull out your phone or whatever device you're listening on, open up Spotify or Apple Podcasts and share this episode with one person, one friend. That's all it is. The more that you share this show, the more the show itself grows. And as the show grows, we can get better people on board. So please, if you liked it, do me a favor, share it with a friend and we'll be having some awesome guests coming up as a result of it. So thank you and have an awesome day.